0: Good morning. Good to see you all. Welcome to chapel. We trust that God will be tending your needs for this semester, for the continuing of the semester, beginning of the semester. We give thanks for the rain. We need it. So one more day of rain is good. And we also hold in our hearts the families of the four soldiers that were killed yesterday in Syria. The other part of life. If you would like to participate in chapel as a reader or a prayer person, we have a sign-up sheet in the narthex. So please, we are a community, so all of you matter. So please, join us. Please stand for the opening hymn. In the name of God, searching, be robbed in light. Mindful, be caught up in peace. Still, be held by the mercy of God that passes all understanding. We gather for worship. Amen. Holy God, drew us to listen inward, and outward. Transform our broken fragments into something whole and holy. Fuel us with your force that casts out fear and consternation. Steward us in a certain trust. Trust in you. A trust that allows us to take each step with grace. Amen.
1: Our text this morning comes from the letter to the Philippians, chapter four. The chosen text this morning, again, is from a letter, a letter of Paul to the Philippians. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I didn't grow up in the church. In fact, I didn't come to a faith community until I was 20 years old. And because of this, I quickly realized that I had a lot to learn about church culture. I didn't know anything about being a Christian. Basically, I'd become part of this group, this weird group that looked different, spoke different, and acted differently than I had ever done before. So I decided to get myself a job, a job where I would be surrounded by a ton of Christians. That was my plan. So I started, I know, good plan, right? So I started working at this Christian bookstore. Now, yeah. Yeah. In this particular bookstore, we sold a lot of things. We sold Bibles and books, yeah, but we also had music and cards and apparel, like hats and t-shirts, and novelty items. But I noticed that these novelty items are a little bit different. They were different because you see in the bookstore, everything was covered in Bible verses. Having never been part of a faith community, It was not something I had ever really seen, but literally everything in the store had a Bible verse or a scripture reference on it. There were teacups, teapots, bath mats, towels, earrings, (laughs) neckties, and there were even these little tiny box of mints by the front counter. They were called, yeah, you know what they are? Testaments. (laughs) Yeah, they were yummy. Everything that you could think of that you would find in a gift shop were here, but they had scriptures on them, so now they were holy. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, though. Some of these things in the bookshop are really nice, and I've actually received a lot of gifts with scriptures on them, and I appreciate them, and I love them, and I've purchased them for other people. But the reason that I'm sharing it with you this morning is because as I was studying this text, this particular letter, I realized that the most quoted Bible verses Verses that I have seen printed on cards are actually from the letter of the Philippians. And in many ways, they've become our go-to verses in times of need because they're so familiar. So here's my confession. I actually fell into this trap when I chose this week's text. Honestly, I chose it because I was driving around with my kids on their first day back at school after the Christmas break. And I was stressed out, and this song popped up on the playlist. Yes, I'm a Bible nerd, and so I listened to verses on actual songs on my playlist. And this was the song that came up, and it is because I was anxious that I kind of marked it. Because I was trying to get back into the groove of work and school and kids and lunches and homework and all that. So as you know, we've been working through this year's theme, be not afraid, and I thought, perfect, don't worry about anything, good verse, good talk, totally got this, not being afraid, this is a good verse, but as you know what happens, at least it happens with me, when I try to take the easy way out, God is always there to surprise me, so I was challenged to, to pause and to look at this passage again, putting it in, into the context of the letter, so we're going to do that this morning. Philippians is one of Paul's most personal letters and many scholars have actually called it the friendship letter because it's so personal and encouraging and it has this really open quality in the way that he talks. But the letter has a point. It's not just a whole bunch of joy and happiness the entire time. There are reasons that Paul is writing this letter. He's reaching out to a very special community at a certain time and for a certain reason. You see the Philippians are undergoing change, persecution, trauma, and growth. They're a group of individuals made up of different mixed faith backgrounds. And they're trying to develop a nurturing and loving community. Does this sound familiar? It did to me. There are two really big themes in the letter that are repeat, repeated through the whole thing. The The first is rejoicing, and the second is koinonia, which is actually translated from the Greek, which means partnership or unity. So I want to look at koinonia, the word that Paul uses for partnership, because it's a lot stronger than when we often use partnership. See, the word koinonia in Greek is used through the whole letter, but there's a root part of the word that's repeated throughout. And it can be translated in a whole bunch of ways. It can be translated as all, always, every, side by side, same mind, partnership, and unity. This word means participation in something with someone. And it actually signifies this oneness, this togetherness. Now, I know it's vague, but the word has a really wide range of meaning. And I want you to hear that. Now, a lot of times when the word gets translated in different scriptures, it's actually translated as fellowship. And I don't think that's a good way of translating it because when it's translated as partnership, it means that we're actually partnering up with someone in something. And I don't think that's what fellowship gives us because the way we see fellowship is really watered down. We use the word fellowship when we describe lots of things, like whether we're hanging out with people at a gathering we're having a social time or we're going to a picnic or we're having a small group meeting, like when we're having time with our friends or our colleagues, like at potlucks. Don't get me wrong. I love the potlucks. We should keep them. Those are great, but I don't think that's the kind of fellowship that Paul is describing here. He's describing a relationship that has a lot more sustenance. And so, by using the word koinonia, he's actually bringing to the reader's mind a oneness or a connection. So, I want to take a moment here now to show you something that I drew. But don't get excited because it's not a painting. See this? It's a picture of what? An atom. How many of you are familiar with an atom or have thought about it? Nobody? Okay, three people. (laughs) Atoms are basic units of matter and the defining structures of elements. And the term atom actually comes from the Greek word which means indivisible because atoms were once thought the smallest units in the universe. And so they couldn't be divided. Atoms are made of three particles. That's right. The protons... Neutrons and electrons. That's why there's three little dots here. All right. <laughs> and this nucleus, which is in the middle, is actually considered it's the strong force or it's the gravitational center for the atom. Without the gravitational center, though, if we just pull that off, the atom would actually fall apart. So, why are we suddenly in middle school science classroom presentation? Was it because I wanted to show you my mad skills? Yes. But I'm also sharing this with you because this is the type of relation that relationship that Paul is actually talking about when he describes a koinonia partnership. See, this is what happens. what is koinonia? Three things, koinonia is consensual, meaning both parties have actually accepted and reciprocated their partnership, and there's actually a commitment, there's a covenant, would you say? Second, the partnership is built on common goals, or ownership, there's the gravitational center. And three, the partnership is based on equality, which means that nobody has any big statue, well, God, there's God, but Paul isn't over the Philippians. They're in it together. There's this gravitational center. The fact that Paul and the Philippians experience koinonia or oneness as they work through, to grow this church displays a relationship of sustenance and should encourage us to actually ask ourselves a question. How does koinonia play out or how is it important for us today? Can you give me an example? Okay, I can, I'll do it. (laughs) Well, it's because of my bad attitude. I'm gonna confess another thing right now. All of Christmas break, I wore my pajamas. I never got dressed, and if I did go out to the grocery store, I put on sweats. I held up at my house, eating cookies, snuggling and hanging out with my kids, and barely brushing my hair. Actually, I did brush my teeth, so we're good. And I, as many of you, struggled emotionally last semester. I mean, we had a lot happen. the Mass shooting, death, fires, loss, fear of bomb threats. I was emotionally spent and I couldn't think of anything more that I wanted than my pajamas, tea, cookies, my bed, my little boy to snuggle, and chocolate. A lot of chocolate. So the day arrived that I was due back on this campus as your campus minister, no less, and I was afraid. Maybe it wasn't the extreme kind of fear that we all experienced in November and December, but it was fear. It was the fear that was embodied in a reluctance. I got up that morning and I had an unhealthy narrative. One that I actually have quite often when I'm starting to feel anxious or I doubt myself. Things like I'm not enough, I cannot, I'm gonna mess it up, they didn't hire the right person. I know I can't do this. And it filled up my thoughts with negativity. But I got up and I showered because I'm an adult, and I have kids, and rent. And I brushed my hair, and I came to work. And do you know what I found when I got here? Elizabeth and Jessica. And they were here earlier than me, because we were about to have our divisional retreat. And they were headed to the student union, and as I walked over with them in the parking lot, all that fear and reluctance started to slowly melt away and I remembered who I was and who God sees me as. Did it all magically go away? No, it never quite does. But I could feel the partnership, the koinonia in my heart because there was sustenance. CLU is an amazing community, it is. I've been in many and this is an amazing community. Many of us are from different religious traditions and world views. but we have committed to working together in spite, not in spite of those traditions, but rooted in those traditions. And that's huge, because sometimes I just need a little reminder that we're all in this together to keep me going, to sustain us. And I have found that here, in you guys, in four months, which is pretty amazing because of our partnership, because of our gravitational center. Does that make sense? That's not normal. That's special. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, we are very special. This is koinonia at work, and my friends, this is the power of community, because partnership matters. Community matters because it roots us, it sustains us, and so therefore, we need to cultivate it, even when we're in a bad mood. How? I think that Paul is actually getting to it at the end of the letter, when he lists what we should have in our minds things to think about, things to combat the negative narrative. Is it an easy fix? No, it's not easy. It's really hard. But it's a reminder that we are not alone. CLU, you're not alone. You're not. Think about these things and encourage others to think about them too. Rejoicing in the partnership that we hold together, the partnership that we hold with God. Amen.
0: Please stand for our closing prayer. Circle us, Lord. Circle us, Lord. Circle us, Lord. Circle us, Lord. Amen. Together we sing, joyful, joyful we adore.